and touch them. <clears throat> Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Covenant Presbyterian Church, um, <clears throat> a congregation of the GPCNZ, the Grace Presbyterian Church of New Zealand. If you're unsure what that means, well, ask some of the grey hairs around us and they'll tell you all about it. Um, but we are here to worship. But uh, before we hear God's call to worship, there are two announcements. The first announcement is that I've received a message from Pastor Logan this week. And he said this. Can you please tell the congregation that I asked you to tell them that I love them all? I know. <laughs> They are in my prayers, and I look forward to returning with great anticipation. Uh, and don't we miss him too? Um, the second announcement is, uh, well, I'd like to invite Barbara Papish uh, up to um, share uh, about an urgent cause for prayer and, uh, and concern. Hello there. Um, I'd like to share with you about a, an urgent um, need for support, practical support from our congregation. Um, for a number of years now, we as a congregation have been giving support to an organisation called um, um, Tafare Rangimari, which is a Maori organisation which helps um, many different groups of people to get housed, and if they have, and they help them along that journey to learn um, the how to, to be able to live in their own place. These are people who have been living in very um, difficult circumstances. Now, this week, uh, the organizer from there has asked if we could come and have a meeting, and uh, she has said that there is a family which is in in great need. They've come from the Cook Islands about almost two years ago, when one of the family members had an extreme medical emergency and needed medical help in New Zealand, and that need is ongoing. Then subsequently, after their arrival, the second um, family member who came to support her um, has also developed an extreme, uh, extremely serious medical problem. They are, at the moment, in the emergency house, which we have here in, in Manurewa, have been for about 15 months, but they, the house has been found for them and they are to shift next Saturday. Uh, the difficulty is that they have very little with which to, how to, to furnish that house. And so the request has come from the organisation if we could help with um, basic um, needs for that house, including beds and and um, even a refrigerator and a washing machine, but also much smaller things too. So um, if you are able to help, there will, there will be a, a notice um, out by the front door um, just after the service for you to have a read through. And we just ask you to pray about how you might be able to assist. Um, Marae Cross, is the other person who's involved. So if you have any questions about this family, so there's a grandmother, a mother, and two young boys who are in primary school. Um, so if, you are, if you'd like to ask further, 
please just ask Marae or myself or our phone numbers are there on the list too. So thank you for, for if you could consider that. Thank you, Barbara. It'd be a great opportunity to practice true and undefiled religion. Um, <clears throat> well, let's pray for that uh, family, uh, uh, first of all. Heavenly Father, we uh, lift up this family uh, before, your, uh, uh, before your loving care, Lord. We, uh, we know that uh, you uh, love them. We uh, know that you are a father. Lord, and uh, we we pray that uh, we pray that you would uh, work to provide for this family in their time of, of great need uh, and and emergency. Lord, we um, pray for um, the Holy Spirit to uh, work uh, in the midst of your church uh, to uh, uh, Lord to to. Uh, Fill us with a great sense of oneness that we can encourage one another and, and share with one another. We uh, pray that your, uh, that your spirit will uh, encourage them, Lord. We pray that you would um, remind them of your word, that you would remind them of the great salvation they have in Christ, Lord. And, and we pray that they, uh, that they would not uh, turn and uh, curse you in, in their heart because of the calamity that's befallen them. Lord, we pray you'd bring them to church and um, in the meantime that you would provide for them and uh, not let them slip between the cracks. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, at this time, I would invite you to stand, if you are able, and to hear God's call to worship from Psalm 29. We will be reading... Uh, the psalm in its entirety. Psalm 29, the ESV has entitled it, Ascribe to the Lord Glory. A psalm of David, ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The, glory, uh, the God of glory thunders. The Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forests bare. And in his temple all cry glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood the Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Heavenly Father, we uh, come before you. We come before your throne of glory and we cry out holy. Lord God, uh, who are you that, that you would love any of us? Creatures of the dirt. 
uh, even more we are rebellious, Lord. We turn from your ways like uh, sheep and get stuck in the ditches. But Lord, we thank you that while we were far from you, you had compassion on us. And you, out of your love, uh, sent your son Jesus to come down into this world and, and, and to redeem us. That he has taken our sins, though we were uh, red like scarlet, you have made us white as snow. And so, Lord, we turn and we thank you and we give our lives to you because you gave your son for us. So we pray, Lord, that, uh, that as we come into your presence this morning, that you would um, continue to pour your blessing out upon us, that we've come from our lives, we've come uh, needy, we've come uh, defeated, uh, but Lord, you are our Father, and you're here to nourish us with your word, to encourage us, um, and to send us out again as your loving servants with a message of hope. Um, Lord, we pray that you would accept our worship in your sight um, because uh, we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, remain standing as we sing our opening hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy. Lord God Almighty.
Uh, please be seated. At this time, uh, oh, he's right behind me. At this time, I'd like to invite Brother Dwayne to uh, read our psalm for this morning. It's Psalm 109. You will find it in page 475 of your church Bibles. As Brother Carlo mentioned, it is Psalm 109, titled, Help Me, O Lord My God. Uh, Psalm 109. Be not silent, O God of my praise, for wicked and deceitful mouths are opened against me, speaking against me with lying tongues. They encircle me with words of hate and attack me without cause. In return for my love they accuse me, but I give myself to prayer. So they reward me evil for good and hatred for my love. Appoint a wicked man against him. Let an accuser stand at his right hand. When he is tried, let him come forth guilty. Let his prayer be counted as sin. May his days be few. May another take his office. May his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. May his children wander about and beg, seeking food far from the ruins they inhabit. May the creditor seize all that he has, and may strangers plunder the fruits of his toil. Let there be none to extend kindness to him, nor any to pity his fatherless children. May his posterity be cut off, may his name be blotted out in the second generation. May the iniquity of his fathers be remembered before the Lord, and let not the sin of his mother be blotted out. Let them be before the Lord continually, that he may cut off the memory of them from the earth. For he did not remember to show kindness, but pursued the poor and needy and the brokenhearted to put them to death. He loved to curse. Let curses come upon him. He did not delight in blessing. May it be far from him. He clothed himself with cursing as his coat. May it soak into his body like water like oil into his bones. May it be like a garment that he wraps around him, like a belt that he puts on every day. May this be the reward of my accusers from the Lord, of those who speak evil against my life. But you, O God, my Lord, deal on my behalf for your name's sake, because your steadfast love is good. Deliver me. For I am poor and needy, and my heart is stricken within me. I am gone like a shadow at evening. I am shaken off like a locust. My knees are weak through fasting. My body has become gaunt with no fat. I am an object of scorn to my accusers. When they see me, they wag their heads. Help me, O Lord my God. Save me according to your steadfast love. Let them know that this is your hand. You, O Lord, have done it. Let them curse, but you will bless. They arise and are put to shame, but your servant will be glad. May your accusers, sorry, may my accusers be clothed with dishonor. May they be wrapped in their own shame as in a cloak. With my mouth I will give great thanks to the Lord. I will praise him in the midst of the throng, for he stands at the right hand of the needy one to save him. 
from those who condemn his soul to death. Amen. May God bless the reading from his holy word. What an amazing psalm full of uh, curses that God's holy people bring upon their enemies. And uh, we as Christians sometimes struggle. What do we do with these psalms that say, you know, may, may his children go unfed, may his, his house be desolate. But we don't need to think for long when we look to Christ and we see the one who on that cross took every curse every curse that sin merited. Uh, he, he let that curse soak into his body like water, like oil into his bones, it says in verse 18. And uh, we know that it was the will of the Father to curse the Son. He crushed him for our iniquities so that by his wounds we might be made well. Um, let us... Uh, continue to praise the Lord uh, with song and sing, There is a Redeemer. Please stand, everyone. <laughs> service where we come before the Lord in prayer for the needs of the church.
now it's time for our children's talk. We have any children in the congregation that'd like to come forward? Now I'm I'm actually going to stay close to the microphone today because there are children watching online that want to hear the children's talk too. Probably adults too. All right, yeah, there's more seats over here. We can all come alongside. Come along, come along. There's a second row there. How about that second row there? Oh, you can squeeze in. Lovely, lovely. Okay. Well, look how many children. We're growing every week. Now... Uh, I want you to think in your mind about the holiest person you know. Who is the nicest, the kindest, most Christly person you know? Do you know any? Hands up. Who did I get last week? I don't want to neglect anyone. How about you? God. God? Oh, you know God and he is the holiest one you know. Yes, of course. How about down here? How about down here, even in this room? Uh, how about you? God? <laughs> how about... All right, let's switch tack. Do you remember COVID-19? Do you remember that? You heard of that? COVID-19? It was a disease that uh, swept through the world a few years ago. It's still out there. Um, do you remember back when the news was telling us uh, to be afraid? They were saying, it's out there. It's on the handrails. It's on the light switches. Do you remember that? We've, yeah, yeah. Now, how amazing would it be <clears throat> if you could have these glasses that you could see COVID-19 anywhere and you'd know, I'll spray that surface. And you say, look, there's some on the light switch. Spray that surface. Now, how cool would it be if we could see COVID-19? Now, we know there's something worse than COVID-19, a worse disease, and we've all got it. Sin. Very good. Did you hear that? Sin. Worse than COVID-19 because sin is 100% fatal. And everyone's got it. We're born with it. And one day, the prophet Isaiah, who was a very old prophet who lived in about uh, the year 700 BC, uh, which is about 2700 years ago, he was given a pair of glasses so that he could see where sin was. So he could see, oh, maybe there's sin here. E -e -e, we'll wash that. Maybe there's sin over here. We'll wash that. Do you know what, what the prophet Isaiah saw when he put on his glasses? He saw that sin was everywhere. He saw that sin was in the carpet. It was in the rugs. It was in the curtains. It was outside on the trees. It was, it was in every single person, every single aspect of every single person. It's in their bodies. It's in their brains. It's in their, their, their hearts. It's, it's in their, their words they speak, when they speak. And worst of all, he saw that it was in himself too. The worst disease you could ever imagine. 
and the entire world was just flooded in it. And he said, woe, which um, is a word we don't use anymore. But it's sort of like a cross between wow and uh-oh. It means wow and uh-oh-oh no. Because the world is covered in sin and he is covered in sin. And when he stands before a holy God, he knows that he is guilty and that he's in big trouble. But then God does the most amazing thing in the world. He forgives him. He, uh, well, <clears throat> Pastor Ejima will tell you, through the angels, they take this hot piece of coal from the fireplace. Maybe you don't have fireplaces anymore, but ask your grandparents what a fireplace is. And he, and he took this hot coal and he touched it to him, this painful thing. But, but it didn't hurt him. It, it cleansed him. It healed him. It's a picture of Christ. Sorry to preach your sermon for you, Ejimar. <laughs> Sorry, brother. It healed him. Christ heals us of this great disease that we have, this thing called sin. And because he has done so, we are now free and clean to go out and worship God. We're now free to be good. And, 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 and our goodness is now, it is now worked into something beautiful, which is God's mission to the nations. Uh, but if you listen close to Pastor Ejimar, he'll tell you more about it. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these children. We thank you for their knowledge. Wow. We thank you for, um, for the, the, the great work that their parents and, and their Sunday school teachers, uh, their, 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 their youth group leaders and, and their pastors have done. Lord, we, um, we, we stand humbled by them. Lord God, we pray that you would continue to work in these children, that you would take that knowledge, that you would work it in their heart if you haven't done so already, that these children would know the forgiveness of sins that only comes in Christ, and that they would be empowered and encouraged to um, take the world by storm uh, and join the mission field. Lord, we uh, thank you for them. And we uh, pray that you would prepare their good works ahead of them. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you, everyone, um, for listening. Uh, at this moment, we would stand and we will sing this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. And you'll all know the movements, too. So let's all stand and we'll sing this little light of mine.
everyone as we bless the offering. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us uh, everything that we need, Lord. We, uh, we uh, truly are wealthy, Lord. We um, thank you that you give us breath and energy, um, Lord, uh, and we, uh, we, we return but a portion of the gift that you give us to you, Lord. We uh, pray that you would bless the money uh, donated to the church. Um, Lord, we pray that you would uh, bless those who's, who are tasked uh, with spending it uh, for your kingdom. Lord, we pray that you will give them wisdom. We pray that you would give them uh, a, a soft heart for your glory uh, and for the cause of your gospel. Uh, Lord, we pray you will bless this and also the other gifts that we receive uh, through uh, the internet, through online banking. Uh, and Lord, also those who donate not time, but money and energy and skills and, and uh, all things, Lord. We pray that you would bless our labors and the provision uh, of, of them. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, please be seated. Um, before I invite Pastor Ejimar up, I will read the preaching portion of, of, uh, that, that he will be preaching from. Um, he is going to be preaching from Isaiah in chapter 6. A fantastic portion of scripture, and you will find it in page 534 of your Pew Bibles. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 to 9. The ESV has entitled it, Isaiah's Vision of the Lord. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face. And with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe! Is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am. Send me. And he said, Go and say to this people, Keep on hearing but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. And that will be the preaching portion of our sermon today. Uh, this is the word of the Lord. 
Uh, at this time, I would invite Brother Ijmar up. Thank you, Keith. Thank you, too. <laughs> no problem, Carlos, if you have preached my sermon. Because if you uh, cannot understand my sermon here, you understood my sermon through Carlos. <laughs> Okay, I am here one more time. Can you feel the air cake, uh, earth cake now here? Uh, are my knees. <laughs> uh, brothers and sisters, I, I hope that uh, my English uh, has improved. Uh, but if no, please uh, help me, correct me after the sermon, my ro uh, wrong words, uh, because I need to learn this language. <laughs> it's always a... A challenge to preach in, in English uh, because we are in a process uh, to get this, this language. May the grace and peace uh, be with everyone here. It's a pleasure to share the, the word of God with, with you. Uh, we have uh, read the text. For this reason, I would like to invite you to pray for this sermon. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for uh, this time before your holy presence, Father. We need to receive uh, your voice speaking to our hearts. Father, please give us this blessing. Uh, help us to understand your message because this is your message from your heart to our heart. Father, um, Help me because do you know uh, you know that I have some limitation with this language, and uh, uh, my desire is that my my brothers and sisters can uh, listen your voice, Father. Uh, please, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Okay, dear church, this text tells us about God's calling to Isaiah. In it, we find great lessons about God's calling for each of us. It's important to understand that if you are in Christ, it is because one day we were called through the gospel to salvation in Jesus. But when we read the scriptures, uh, we see that once we are saved... God also calls us to the service of his kingdom. When we talk about this calling to serve, the Bible shows us the church with a double vocation. The first vocation is to be a worshiping community. And the second is to be a missionary, uh, missionary community. As worshipers, we must worship God in every situation of our lives, seeking a way of life that pleases Him in everything, including the most common things in our daily lives. Paul teaches us this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. Uh, Paul tells this, So, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. 
But as missionaries, we are responsible for making him known through the proclamation of the gospel wherever uh, we are, be it in Africa or in our own neighborhood. According to the example in Jesus, this must happen intentionally. Peter explains it this way. Peter chapter, uh, first, first uh, uh, letter of Peter, chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim, you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his Marvelous light. Worship and mission are intrinsically connected. Through a life of worship, we give testimony, testimony about him. But through mission, we proclaim him. John Piper in the book, Let the Nations Be Glad, tells us that if you are a true worshiper, you will be a missionary. If we are not missionaries, it is because we are not true worshippers or because, because we still do not understand our calling to mission. Isaiah understood God's calling. Isaiah understood. He lived in a time of great transitions. Isaiah was called by God during a time of corruption and immorality among God's people. They gave in to their own desires and passions and surrendered to the temptations of a falling uh, and broken wor world. They became hypocrites before God. Because they wanted to serve the Lord without abandoning, abandoning their sins. In the first chapters of the book of Isaiah, God denounces, denounces the sins of the people and calls them to repentance. God calls them to a new disposition of heart and a change of attitude. Isaiah was this instrument through which God went to his people to deal with them. Just like Isaiah, God also calls us to serve him in the midst of an immoral and corrupt generation. We are in the same situation. We have the same calling. What is God's calling for, uh, sorry, uh, uh, all of us who are in Christ have our calling. What is God's calling for your life? I will repeat. What is God's calling for your life? I'm sure it's not just sitting in a church chair every Sunday listening to good sermons. If he called you to save you, he also called you to serve him. When God calls us to service 
He wants us to understand some things first. In this passage, we can see four of them. The first thing God wants us to learn is about the, His holiness. Verses 1 to 3. In these three verses, Isaiah has an extraordinary vision. Surely you know that our God is holy. Correct? Yes? Amen? God is holy. Praise the Lord. Isaiah knew it too. Uh, however, God wanted to teach Isaiah something more about his holiness. God wanted him to have a new perspective on divine holiness. If Isaiah needed this teaching, we need it even more. In this vision, Isaiah contemplates a wonderful scenario. What he sees initially leaves him in a state of ecstasy. He sees a movement in which heaven and earth merge. Isaiah sees the Lord sitting on the high and lifted throne. However, not in heaven, but in the temple. The train of his whole robe filled the temple, indicating that God is among his people and rules sovereignly with all his glory that spreads everywhere through his presence. But an interesting thing happens. The text tells us that above the Lord, Sitting on this throne were seraphim with six wings each. With two, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they flew. They cried out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. While they declared that, they expressed their wonder at that glorious presence. One said to the others, holy, another repeated, holy. Then another repeated, holy. Some commentators think that triple repetition is a reference to the Trinity. According to Jewish interpretations of the days of Christ, this triple repetition is intended to emphasize that God's holiness is from a perspective that we cannot understand or attain. He is uh, of incomparable, unattainable, in immeasurable holiness. There is no other like him. There is no other like our God. This divine condition distances us from God. We are very, very far from God because of his holiness. The seraphim understood this so much so that Still in a state of purity and holiness, they worshipped before the presence of God 
with an attitude of deep reverence. They did not consider themselves worthy to look to the Lord or even to touch, touch the physical space where the Lord's feet were. If this expression of such deep reverence and fear was dedicated by pure and perfect beings, shouldn't we, who are impure and imperfect, seek to be as reverent as they are? The sad thing is that we sometimes disregard the need for a life of reverence and holiness in the way we speak, in the way we act, in the way we think, in how we dress, in how, how, sorry, in how we dress, in how to date, in how to use our cell phone, in how we deal with our things. Remember, dear church, our God is holy, holy, holy. It's important to understand this. It's the word of God that is telling us. How do we present ourselves before God? How do we present ourselves before God? Have you ever thought... If God appeared to us here now in all His holiness, how would we behave? How would we behave? Would it be the same way we behave now with Him in the things of His kingdom? Do you remember when God manifested Himself to Moses? On Mount Sinai. And gave him the tables of the law. How did God's people. React to the manifestations of his presence. I will show you. Exodus chapter 20. Verse 18 to 19. The text tells us. Now when all the people saw the thunder. In the flashes of lightning, in the sound of the trumpet, in the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled. And they stood far off and said to Moses, You speak to us and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us lest we die. Wow, strong, no? Strong, my dear ones, we need to understand that our God loves us totally, unconditionally, and eternally. He was able to give His own Son, own son for us. But we must remember that He's not a man like us. John Calvin Tell us, tells us that we must be careful not to treat God as if He were one of us of flesh and blood. 
God is God. Infinite in existence. Worthy of receiving all the honor and all the glory that should be attributed to Him in holiness, deep reverence, and great fear. What a tremendous privilege Isaiah had. This spectacle would leave anyone amazed. But what was a great moment of contemplation became into a feeling of despair because God has a second thing to teach Isaiah and us. The second thing God wants us to learn is about the state of misery of man. Chapter 6, verse 4 to 5. In these verses, we can see that something has changed drastically. We are sinners. I believe that no one has any doubts about this. Isaiah was also fully aware of this. But he needed to learn something more. From verse 4 onwards, uh, the picture of contemplation is complete. At the sound of the voices proclaiming the holiness of God, the foundations of the threshold shook. Suddenly, the temple filled with smoke. Isaiah understood that event because... It was known to God's people that during the days of pilgrimage through the desert to the promised land, whenever the tabernacle filled with smoke, it was because God was present. And if God was present with the holiness of his glory, entering the tabernacle was a danger. A danger. The smoke was a way to protect the people from the presence of God's glory in the tabernacle. Anyone who entered the presence of God without being invited and without going through an entire purification process would die. Would die. When Isaiah saw the cloud of smoke filling the temple and preventing the image on the throne from being seen, he realized that this had already happened. He had seen the Lord. Isaiah's heart was filled with fear. Uh, a fear that breaks out into a declaration of death. Woe is me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. The new perspective on God's holiness gave Isaiah a new perspective on his state of misery. As if a light shined 
in every corner of Isaiah's life, and his reality was completely exposed. He begins to see his own heart more deeply, his motivations, his desires, his words and actions, the reality around him. Everything in Isaiah's life at that moment seemed to exhale the bad smell of his own sin. A very strong feeling of despair took over Isaiah's heart. He became depressed to the point where he felt like he was dead. My dears, J.I. Parker, a Canadian theologian in the book Rediscovering Holiness, reminds us that the more holy we become, become through our relationship with God, the closer we become to God. The closer we are to the light of God's presence, the more consciousness of sin we have. The more unworthy we feel, the more careful we become, the more in need of mercy we are, and the more reverent we are. J.R. J.I. Parker, can we really understand how sinful we are? Can we really understand how sinful we are? You can be sure, sure we are more sinful than we think. If God exposed everything we think, so, say, so, so, Yes, uh, and do throughout our lives in front of everyone, perhaps a large part of those who are uh, with us would no longer be there. Many would no longer trust us or would see us in the same way. Perhaps then we would better understand what Isaiah tells us in chapter 65, verse 6. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our, our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. My beloved, I wish we didn't have to know how terrible we are. But God needs to reveal our, our real condition to us. We need to understand how unworthy we are of having a relationship with Him and how unworthy we are of being able to serve Him. But the vision doesn't end here. It would be desperate if that were the case. Isaiah, overcome with despair, awaits death. However, God still has something more to teach Isaiah and us. The third thing God wants us to learn is about 
the redeeming grace. Verse 6 to 7. After the dis disparate moment in verse 4 and 5, something wonderful happens in verse 6 to 7. While Isaiah's heart is filled with terror, terror, one of the seraphim, seraphim takes a burning coal from the altar, altar and comes towards him. I wonder what Isaiah's first thought would have been when this seraphim comes towards him, when what he expected was death. My dears, Isaiah is surprised by something unexpected. Instead of destroying him as he deserved, that seraphim, seraphim gentle touch, touched Isaiah's lips with the burning coal granting him purification from his sins. The altar from which the burning coal was taken was the altar of sacrifice. Isaiah deserved to be killed on that altar. But the altar that should have been a path to death for Isaiah turned into an opportunity for life. Death had to happen because God's holiness was offended. In order for Isaiah to be released from death and forgiven of his sins, someone would have to take his place. Someone would have to take his place. In the Old Testament, those were the animals that were sacrificed and burned on that altar. However, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 4 tells us that the blood of animals could never truly purify those for whom they were sacrificed, but only the blood of a similar person, a perfect similar person. And this is Jesus Christ, the perfect Lamb, the blood of Jesus shed on that sacrificial altar in the, is the only thing that can bring life and purification. The coal could purify because it carried the blood of the sacrifice on it. Not the blood of Isaiah, but the blood of the sub substitute. In the blood through which Isaiah was justified and cleansed from his sins is the blood, blood of the one whom he saw sitting, sitting on the throne. This was Jesus. How do we know this? Because the gospel of John chapter 12 verse 41 tells us. Pay attention. Isaiah said these things. Because he saw his glory and spoke of him. John talking about Jesus Christ. When Isaiah uh, had this vision on the throne 
was the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, the expression of God, the perfect expression of God. God manifested himself in the entire Trinity, in the person of his Son. And the same God in the person of the Son left his state of glory to take Isaiah's place. Where Isaiah's sin abounded, God's grace abounded all the more. The seraphim declared, your, declared, your guilt is taken, take, taken away and your sin atoned for. Jesus, Jesus Christ was the lamb sacrificed for Isaiah's life. Isaiah needed to learn that if something good can come from man, it is only through the grace of God applied to his life. This is God's free decision, a benefit, benefit of love and an unconditional action. Whoever God purifies will be pure. Before God. Pay attention here. Pay, pay attention here. Whoever God purifies. Will be pure. Before God. The same work. Applied by God. In Isaiah's life. Was also. Applied to. Our lives. If we are truly. Truly. In Christ, even though we are sinners, God purify us by the blood of Jesus who died on the cross for us. Someone needed to be killed on the altar of sacrifice because as Paul said to Romans chapter 6 verse 23, for the wages, wages of sin is death we deserve and continue to deserve eternal condemnation but jesus has already satisfied the condemnation demanded by god's justice in our place every debt to god's law was settled as our brother ton bracefield would say Hallelujah! <laughs> Praise be God! <laughs> we are pure now through Jesus Christ. We are pure now through His blood. We can serve our Lord. We can have a relationship with Him. Hallelujah! So, what now? We have been purified by the sacrifice of a substitute. And now we can live with God without being destroyed. However, there is something more that God wants to teach Isaiah. The fourth thing God wants us to learn is about the service by grace. We have two verses more. Eight and nine. Just... When we thought the vision had reached its highest point, 
we are surprised by yet another event that completes God's plan for Isaiah and also for each one of us in Christ. God created us and we belong to him. It's correct? Yes. We belong to God. Uh, we can do whatever he wants with us. Did you know this? We, oh, he can do whatever he wants with us. Understood now? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, and we have a responsibility to obey him. The opposite of obedience is rebellion against God. Don't forget this. Every human being has obligations to our God. But this part, this part of Isaiah's vision is very interesting. When we arrive at verse 8, a new situation is established. Now, Isaiah listens to a conversation between the Lord and someone else. This dialogue is not being directed, directed at Isaiah, but is aimed at the heart of this servant of God. A question is asked, whom shall I send? And who you go for us? An important question here is, who is the us in this dialogue? There are different opinions on this, but a large number of commentators agree that this was the council of the Trinity, the manifestation of perfect wisdom. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In my opinion, this is exactly it. By understanding that this vision was intended to call Isaiah to prophesy to God's people, only God could call him to this task. Even though Isaiah was not part of the conversation, he offers himself. Here I am. Send me. Here I am. Give me this opportunity. The most interesting thing is that Isaiah was not mentioned, nor asked, nor was he forced, but he offered himself voluntarily. What is happening here is that Isaiah has been blessed by God's grace. Now, he desires in his heart to express gratitude to God for the grace given to him. He recognized this. Dear ones, God could order anyone, but he gave this vision to Isaiah because he had chosen him. For this task, the call would not be forced, but comes by the power of grace 
that saves, restores, empowers, and sends. This helps us understand what Paul tells us about no longer being under law, but under grace. The law has not become invalid. Invalid. On the contrary, it remains in force. However, the exercise of the law in those who have been truly saved does not happen through the force of obligation, but through joyful gratitude for the grace received. Isaiah gladly offers himself no matter, matter how difficult this task would be, because it would be a great opportunity to honor the one who was so kind, loving, and gracious to him. Lord, give me this opportunity. Let me serve you. I was blessed. I was blessed. Give me this opportunity. I would like to express my gratitude. Service by grace. Dear ones, when the Lord calls us, it is not because God needs us, but because He wants to give us the privilege of participating with Him in His plans. God blesses us with saving grace and calls us to His service by the same grace. In conclusion, if you have new life in Christ, you need to understand that God has called you to the service of His kingdom. Let me help you uh, to understand this. First, as a worshiper in your family. If you are a man, be a head, be a husband, be a father, exercising the offices of Christ in your life. As, as a prophet, bring the Lord to your family. As a priest, lead your family to the Lord. As king, govern your home according to the standards, standards of the kingdom of Christ with holiness, reverence, and fear. If you are a woman, for you too, okay? If you are a woman, be a suitable helper, helping your husband in the mission that God determined, determined for him. Dear woman, God made you because men cannot fulfill this mission without you. Help your husband to be a good representative of Christ in the direction of the family. Second, as a worship shipper in the church, my beloved, all of us who are in Christ are part of the body of Christ and we receive gifts, gifts from God to serve this body. Do you know what 
Do you know what your gifts are? Do you know? How long have you been in a church? How are your gifts? Time of reflection. Click, 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 click. Mm. Who are you in the body of Christ? Who are you in the body of Christ? What is God's calling for your life in the life of your local church? If you are not serving the body of Christ, you are just another hindrance, hindrance that slows down the advancement of the kingdom. Seek to understand what your gifts are. Third, as a worshiper in the world, you are a neighbor, a citizen, an employee, or boss. You are a friend. Honor the Lord in all areas of your life. Flee from what goes against a holy life to the Lord. And finally, all of us who are in Christ are called to proclaim salvation in Christ. To make new disciples for Christ. This is not a task for evangelists, but for every disciple of Christ Jesus. Whoever has the gift of an evangelist must, must train the church to fulfill this mission. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12, uh, uh, 11 to 12. Talk about God's love in Christ. Share the gospel of Christ intentionally in your home, in your family, in your neighborhood, at work, in your friendship circles. People are heading Towards an abyss of eternal condemnation. Tell them about Jesus. Tell them about Jesus. God called you. You are a representative of God in the world. He doesn't need us, but He has given us this privilege. Of participating with him in what he is doing, doing in the world. In the arena where the kingdom of Christ advances. Destroying the chains of sin. The world and evil. There is no, no place for spectators. There is no place for spectators. Remember, he is holy. You are a sinner. He saved you. It is time to live a life of gratitude, not only in words, but in grateful obedience. To Him be all the honor and all the glory in Christ and through Jesus Christ. God bless us. God help us. And God will help us. Be sure, God will help us, but we need to look Him. We need to look for Him. We need to seek Him because He is God, the God of grace. Let's pray. 
Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you one more time for your word. As you called Isaiah, you have called us. Thank you because first you saved us. And now we are your people, your holy people, your nation, your, your priesthood, real priesthood. And we have a mission to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ in this world. world. Being uh, uh, true worshippers. But also missionaries where we are. Here in New Zealand. Around our neighborhood. Our, our house. Father use us for your glory. And help us to live a life according to will. According your person. Your being. Please Father. Thank you because we can hope in you. Thank you because we can trust in you. Thank you, Father, because we can rest in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thank you for that message, Brother Ejimar. Now hear, uh, hear the words of benediction uh, from Numbers in chapter 6, verses 24 to 26, the ironic blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thank mm-hmm. you.